Good afternoon. Welcome to this edition of Hashtag Morris Mondays. I'm your host, Dr. James Morris, presiding elder of the Central Florida District of the Christian Methodist Episcopal Church and the senior pastor of Carter Tabernacle CME Church here in Orlando, Florida. Thanks for being with us today. I've been asked uh, several questions about uh, the coronavirus and the vaccines. And one of the questions I get quite often is, you seem invested in this campaign to get people vaccinated. And, and, and why? Why are you so concerned about that? Well, my concern is because people who look like me are dying at high numbers from this virus. And I'm concerned about the health, the safety, and the well-being of my people. So much so until I've joined a campaign, a national campaign called Made to Save. It's a public education campaign rooted in grassroots organizing. Our goal is to build trust, trust in COVID-19 vaccines and increase access in communities that have been hit the hardest by this pandemic. The COVID-19 vaccines that I've been talking about for months now are made to save lives. They're effective in preventing death. They're effective in preventing serious illness. They're effective in preventing hospitalization from COVID-19 and its variants, its many strains. Vaccine equity and access in communities of color is our main priority across the country and the globe for that matter. We felt the impact of COVID-19, but I need for us to understand that the impact has been felt most by black and brown communities. 31% of black adults and Latinx adults know someone close to them who has died from COVID-19. Compare that to only 15% of white adults. Indigenous populations have the highest case rate, highest hospitalization rate, and death rate in the country. Again, another brown community. These disparities from my window are not an accident. They are the direct result of systematic inequities. Black and brown people have been historically underserved and even harmed by our healthcare systems. And so we must ensure that we have equitable access to the vaccines in our communities 
And we need information that people who look like me can trust. You see, we are ending up with long-term health problems. Such long-term problems like chest pain, um, shortness of breath, and fatigue. All because of COVID-19. And so I just wanted to tell you that that's why I'm so involved in this process. Because I've known people who've died from COVID. I know people who are still suffering with COVID. I pastor people who have been adversely affected by COVID. And I know some people who are afraid to get the vaccination. And so this is why I've been so involved in this struggle to get people vaccinated. This is why we've opened up our parking lot and had numerous, numerous opportunities for people throughout this community, the metropolitan community as well, to come and get vaccinated against COVID-19. That's why I'm heavily engaged in it. Today, we're going to spend some time, like I promised, answering your questions uh, that you have around COVID-19 and the vaccines, the Delta variant and the new Omicron variant. And so we have some of the questions that you've asked us. And uh, my, um, my director is going to... Um, read those questions that you've sent in, uh, and we're going to try to answer them to the best of our ability. Terrell, we're ready uh, to go to begin answering some of those questions that have been put before us. Hello. Hello. All right. Um, the first question is, what does the Delta variant and new Omicron variant mean for vaccinated people? Well, let me answer this by saying, first of all, that fully vaccinated people are largely protected against the Delta variant and more than likely the Omicron variant as well. The three vaccines, all three that are out there, Pfizer, Moderna, Johnson & Johnson, work well. Information has already come in that work well against the Delta variant. You do need both doses of Pfizer and Moderna and only the one dose of the Johnson & Johnson to be protected. You see, if you are fully vaccinated, you're much less likely to get infected with COVID-19 less likely. That means you are also much less likely to infect 
other people. And that's what's important as well. And even if you do get COVID after you've been vaccinated, because we've heard of the breakthrough cases, you are much likely to get very sick or die, much less likely. As a matter of fact, recent CDC um, data uh, shows us that 97% of COVID-19 hospitaliz hospitalizations are among unvaccinated people. 97% of those who are hospitalized from COVID are persons who were not vaccinated. 99.5% of deaths are happening to people who are unvaccinated. So the statistics are in. The statistics are in. Being vaccinated saves lives. Next question. Um, what about all the reports of people who are vaccinated catching COVID? And I think you just answered that. Well, I, I did allude to it, um, that there are still breakthrough cases. Um, and, and we need to understand, um, that those who, um, um, don't have, uh, the vaccination are really at risk. Now with these break, breakthrough cases that we're seeing in people who have been vaccinated, the risk is still much, much much lower than if you were unvaccinated. You see, your risk goes up if your community has high rates of COVID-19. So let's just say you decide that you don't want to get vaccinated, but people around you in your neighborhood, people in your community, if they have high rates of COVID, then that puts you at risk for higher rate, at a higher rate to contract this disease. So an important way, the best way to protect yourself from COVID in addition to being vaccinated, is to make sure people in your community are vaccinated too. And so I say to you that that's why we are pushing so hard for people in the community to get vaccinated because it helps all of us. Next question. What do the Delta and Omicron variants mean for unvaccinated people? Extreme sickness. Long-term illness. 
and death. As I said earlier, for our community at a much higher rate. So it's up to all of us to protect ourselves, to protect our families, to protect people in our communities, particularly as the Delta variant is spreading and now the Omicron variant has come on the scene and we don't yet know how adversely it's going to affect us. We do know from the doctors and the scientists in Africa that the Omicron variant is much more aggressive and much more easily contracted. And that's the next virus that's headed for your community. That's the next virus that's headed, next variant, I'm sorry, headed <clears throat> to my community. It's already in the United States. And so it's only going to get worse. So masks <clears throat> can provide additional protection from getting infected or from infecting other people, even if you're vaccinated. So that's why you should continue to wear your mask, even if you're vaccinated, because we know of breakthrough cases. So just because you have, have been vaccinated, just because you had a booster, and I think we got a question about boosters is coming up as well, so I won't go into that too much. But just because you had your your both shots and you've had your booster, it's not time to take your mask off because we know of breakthrough cases. So if we're going to protect ourselves, then we must mask ourselves, we must protect ourselves because the, the, the variants are moving quickly among unvaccinated people. Next question. Um, this one's kind of a, a new topic or it's kind of been uh, around for the past couple months. Uh, what's the impact of vaccinating children five years and up? Uh, glad that question was asked. The impact for vaccinating children from five up, the impact is immense. As schools have opened back up and as school boards have insisted that people be allowed to send their children to school without masks. First of all, let me say, we're playing Russian roulette with our children's lives. There's story after story after story of people who contracted this virus wind up in ICU who have said on their dying beds they wish they had been vaccinated and pleading with their loved ones to get vaccinated. Look, our children are our precious commodity. We need to do everything we can to protect them. Little people don't know how 
terrible this virus can be to the human body. That's not necessarily in their psyche right now, in their thinking. And so little kids hug. They're social. They, 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 they touch. We know that's how the common cold spreads from children at school. So now let's add on top of that COVID-19, Delta variant, Omicron variant, and God only knows what variant is on the pipeline waiting to surge this way. Why would we not want to protect our children? They need us to protect them. Tens of thousands of children have already been hospitalized and hundreds have died. And we know from previous waves that the impacts are felt here again, most heavily among black and brown communities. This is why I'm pushing so hard. I'm concerned about our children, our precious commodity. And the fact that we are sending them into schools where people are not required to wear masks, children are not required to wear masks, teachers are not required to wear masks, cafeteria workers and janitors and, and, and administrators not required to wear masks. And we don't know where they go when they're not in school. We don't know who they're around. We don't know who their families are around. We don't know how many of them have been vaccinated. We don't know how many are saying they're vaccinated, but haven't been vaccinated. And yet we're going to send our children into environments where they can't protect themselves. I think we can do better than that. We must. We know of children who were completely healthy, who have also developed long-lasting symptoms known as long COVID, including chest pain, heart palpitations, shortness of breath, and extreme fatigue. So the best way to protect unvaccinated children is to mask to socially distance and vaccinate the adults and those around them. Thank God now we do have the vaccine for children five and up. I'm pleading with you. Get your children vaccinated. If you love them, protect them. If you're concerned about their future, vaccinate them. If you want them to grow up to be all they can be, vaccinate them. If you want to have them, have, if you want them, excuse me, if you want them to have a good long life, vaccinate them. It's your responsibility as an adult to get your children vaccinated. If I'm fully vaccinated, what's the need for a booster? Well, we know of breakthrough cases from just having, just being fully vaccinated. There are breakthrough cases. 
what the booster does is it decreases your chances even more of there being a breakthrough case. And it protects you against this Delta variant. And the scientists and doctors are already lining up and believing that it protects you from the Omicron variant. So look, why not get the booster? If you've had both shots or you've had Johnson & Johnson, the scientists and the physicians are telling us that the booster would even lessen the chance for breakthrough cases. It's a no-brainer. Get a booster. Wouldn't you want to protect yourself and those you love to the highest degree? I had my booster. I got it as soon as it was available. I'm encouraging you to do the same thing. And lastly, it's my right to be vaccinated or not. Are you suggesting that rights should be taken away? And why are you and others trying to take that right away? Let me be clear. No one is trying to take your right away. But just as you have the right to not take a vaccine, I also have the right to not be infected by you because you refuse to take the vaccine. So we're not trying to take away, I'm not trying to take away your right to choose. I'm just trying to tell you that the need is there. Look, just take something as simple as a box of cereal. You go to the store, you buy a box of cereal. You're not sure what's in that box of cereal. But you gladly take that box of cereal home. And whenever you have a hankering for your special cereal or that cereal that you like, you open up that box, pour out the contents, add whatever milk you like, and you eat it without question. Vaccines are not new to this country. You have to have vaccines when you go overseas. In certain countries that you visit, you have to have a plethora of vaccines. And why do you have them? So you don't catch certain sicknesses. To go into the military, you have to have vaccines. To go into the public schools every year, there are certain vaccines that are required. Vaccines aren't new. And you don't see that as taking away your right. Why all of a sudden is it taking away your right to say you must get vaccinated before you get on an airplane, 
before you go into quiet, crowded space with people in close contact, before you send your children to school. <laughs> it just, it's good sense. It's not about taking you right away. I'm not trying to, and no, neither is anyone else who's suggesting that you need to be vaccinated. It's good public policy. And that's what's important. Public policy for the good of the country, for the good of all of us. Look, I, I want you to know something. And it, it's important that you understand this. And, and I, I I really need you to, to see this. I saw an article recently um, in the Los Angeles Times, and I've, I've, I've gone over it many times. I think it was this summer. And uh, there's a, an article from a respiratory therapist. I'm, I'm looking at it now. And, and the story is about getting vaccinated. And it says, if you choose not to, here's what to expect if you're hospitalized for a serious case of COVID-19. Stage one, you've had debilitating symptoms for a few days, but now it's so hard to breathe that you come to the emergency room. Your oxygen saturation le level tells hospital workers you need help. A supplemental flow of one to four liters of oxygen per minute is administered. You admit it and they start you on antivirals, steroids, anticoagulants, or monoclonal antibodies. You'll spend several days in the hospital feeling run down. But if we can wean you off the oxygen, you'll get discharged and you'll probably survive. But stage two, you're at the hospital and it becomes harder and harder for you to breathe. You feel like you're drowning. Many patients describe it as that feeling. The bronchodilator treatments that you are given provide little relief. Your oxygen requirements increase significantly from four liters to 15 liters to 40 liters per minute. Little things like relieving yourself or sitting up in bed become too difficult for you to do on your own. Your oxygen saturation rapidly declines when you move about. You get transferred to the intensive care unit for stage three. You're exhausted from hyperventilating to satisfy your body's demand for air. So they put you on non-invasive positive pressure ventilation. It's a big bulky face mask that's Velcro tightly around your face so the machine can efficient, efficiently push pressure into your lungs to pop them open so you get enough oxygen. Then stage four happens. Your breathing becomes even more labored. The staff can tell 
you're severely fatigued. An arterial blow draw confirms that the oxygen content in your blood is critically low. They prepare to intubate you. If you're able to, and if there's time, we'll tell you to call your loved ones because more than likely, this will be the last time they'll hear your voice. We connect you to the ventilator, the staff says. You're sedated and paralyzed, fed through a feeding tube, hooked to a Foley catheter and a rectal tube. They'll turn your limp body regularly so you don't develop pressure ulcers as bed sores. They'll bathe you, they'll keep you clean. They'll flip you onto your stomach to allow you better oxygenation. We'll try experimental therapeutics. Stage five, some patients survive stage four. Unfortunately, your oxygen levels and overall condition have not improved after several days on the ventilator. Your COVID infested lungs need assistance and time to heal. Something that an ECMO, ECMO machine, which bypasses your lungs and oxygenates your blood can do for you. But your community hospital doesn't have an ECMO machine or the capability of doing it. So if you're stable enough and one's available at another hospital, they'll try to transfer you to that hospital for that therapy. If not, they'll continue treating you as best they can. But we're understaffed. We're overwhelmed. We'll always give you the best care we can. Then stage six. The pressure required to open your lungs is so high that air leaks into your chest cavity. So we have to insert tubes into your chest to clear it out. Your kidneys start to fail. And they can no longer filter the byproducts from the drugs we continuously give you. Despite the diuretics that we have, your entire body swells from fluid. And you're, you require dialysis to help you with renal function. The long hospital stay and your depressed immune system make you susceptible to infections. We'll do another chest x-ray. It'll show fluid accumulating in your lung sacs. Quite possibly a blood clot as well. We can't do anything to present, prevent these complications. At this point, all we can do is present them 
as they are present. If your blood pressure drops critically, which it's going to do, we'll administer vasopressors to bring it up. But your heart will probably stop anyway. And after several rounds of CPR, we might get your pulse and your circulation back. But soon, your family will need to make a difficult decision. Stage four, after several meetings with the palliative care team, your family has to decide to withdraw care. We extubate to you. That means we take out all the tubes, turn off the breathing machinery. We set up a final FaceTime call with your loved ones. We'll keep working in your room We'll hear crying and loving goodbyes from your cell phone speaker. We cry too. We hold your hand until you draw your last natural breath. I'm in this fight because I don't want you to have to go through this. If you haven't been vaccinated, get vaccinated. Do it tomorrow. Do it today if you can. The vaccines are there to provide us a way out of this horrible, insidious disease. And guess what? God allowed these vaccines to be developed. And now, heaven is watching how you respond. That's all for today. See you back next Monday. Please send me some messages telling me you've been convinced and you've gotten vaccinated. Until then, God bless you. You can listen to the latest episode of Morris Mondays via Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor, and where other podcast outlets are available.